There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another one. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant here. And I am here alone today. I'm going solo. This is our May rundown of the podcast here, going through the music of the month, playing you some stuff, talking about new music and uh, just what's been going on in uh, Power Chord Hour world and uh, everything else. I had a lot of fun this week. I got to give a shout out, I guess, right away, which uh, actually we talked about on the last rundown. I was talking about how I was going to be on the podcast Let's Chat, and uh, I have now. Now we're at the end of another month, and I was just on Let's Chat Live with uh, Chris Revel, and I just want to thank him for having me on. And I did it with Jay Rover, which uh, he did or does uh, Quarantunes which uh, I was also a guest on back in December, so very cool. Two people who have had me on, and uh, I had a blast with both of them. Uh, We talked about, I mean, naturally, now Jay Rover, if you don't know, and I have talked about him on here and uh, what he does and everything, but like New Jersey pop punk, he's a part of that whole uh, scene, you know, from like the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, does the quarantunes, was in the the, uh, band Red Rover, and, uh, you know, just really good dude. And I uh, always have fun talking to him. And same with Chris. Chris is a guy who uh, I I had heard I heard of his podcast and everything before Quarantunes, but then kind of got to know him through there. And uh, you know, funny enough, too, kind of became a fan of his uh, stuff. He's had uh, really cool. You should go check out his podcast. Uh, Let's chat with Chris Revel. He has, I mean, a bunch of different people. Like uh, he had Chris Gethard. Uh, was like his latest guest, you know, and uh, he's had he's had every all the greats, Chris Gethard and myself. So you know all the uh, all the greats, but yeah, Chris Gethard uh, recently much bigger uh, get I would say than uh, Anthony Merchant, but yeah, him uh, one that I really liked, Matt Pryor of the Get Up Kids. Uh, that was a like first episode I listened to of his, but a bunch of them like he talks like musicians, filmmakers, and stuff. So it's kind of cool because like he does. You know, he'll talk to musicians and stuff like we do here, but he also does a bunch of different stuff. So you'll hear him talk to a bunch of people like you'd never hear me talk to or would even think to like hit up to interview. And uh, yeah, he does some cool stuff. So I had fun. We talked about New Jersey pop punk and uh, we talked about tons of other stuff. Uh, Pete and Pete came up. I forget how it even came up, actually. Uh, I think soundtracks. Oh, that's how we're talking. It's funny how I go. I don't know. And then all of a sudden it like hits me. Like, it just comes back all of a sudden. Uh, We were talking about soundtracks. We were talking about the singles soundtrack and then uh, just soundtracks in general kind of going from there and just bringing up how the, uh, which if you don't know this, I need to bring it up now so you know, but uh, the soundtrack to The Adventures of Pete and Pete that uh, Polaris did, which is a fictional band made up for the show, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, though it is a fictional band, it is made up of the non-fictional band Miracle Legion, um, I believe every member, like I think it was literally every member of Miracle Legion just under the name Polaris, but they wrote, they like, they wrote all the music for Pete and Pete and the soundtrack is like a 14 song album from them. And, uh, even though it is the soundtrack to the adventures of Pete and Pete, it is, I'm not even lying. One of the greatest, like you want to talk like nineties indie rock, 
like alt rock, whatever, like, you know, just really, really amazing stuff. It's, it's the greatest out there. Like it's so it's better than most of the bands of that era who were real touring bands, like not fictional bands for a Nickelodeon kids show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mark Malacky, amazing, amazing songwriter. And, uh, yeah, Polaris, if you've never heard that soundtrack, go check it out. They did repress it, like, last year, I think, for Record Store Day. And uh, they did it back in 2015 because I grabbed them down vinyl when they did it for Record Store Day that year. So they've, they've released it a few times. But I'm telling you, like, legitimately one of the great it, – it is the greatest soundtrack of all time. If you ask me what my favorite soundtrack is, got to go with that. And, like, I'm not kidding, like, 90s alt-rock, indie rock, I mean, kind of in the vein of, like, R.E.M., a uh, little bit of The Replacements. I mean, Miracle Legion is a big one, obviously, if you know the band Miracle Legion. Since it is them, um, it very much has a Miracle Legion vibe. But both of those, that and uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, too, I was talking about it on there. But, like, I'm not, you know, as far as music goes, I'm probably more of a nostalgic person. Um, not even, not even probably, I'll definitely say I am, but like, as far as nostalgia goes for like movies and TV and stuff, I don't know, like I'm 28 and I feel like there's so many people and it's not really a dig on people who do, but like so many people my age who will go back and like watch Disney movies or like still watch SpongeBob or Pokemon or like something like that, you know, just very, I mean, nostalgia really. I mean, going back to, you know, being a, being a kid again and like, I get what it is and I can appreciate it, but I've never like, I can't watch something for the sake of nostalgia because uh, really quickly, I remember doing that with the show Cat Dog when I was like 22, I think. I was like something like that. I was like early 20s and I was like randomly just looking for shit to watch one night. So I threw on Cat Dog and like I was, f- I don't even know about five minutes in. I'd say 30 seconds after the uh, the theme song was over, all of a sudden I kind of realized, went like, oh yeah, like this was... I could see the appeal when I was seven years old, but it's like as a 21-year-old, like I don't think I can sit here and watch a whole episode of uh, Cat Dog. And I'm just – I'm very much that way with things like that, like movies and TV and stuff. Like I mean, I get it if you have kids and it's like you throw it on and it kind of brings you down memory lane. But it's like as far as me just picking something to watch like like of my own choice, it's like, yeah, you're not going to see me watch many things that I would have been watching as a uh, child, but the adventures of Pete and Pete has aged amazing. And I would argue is a better show now in my twenties than it was as a kid, you know, which I mean, I think, I think makes sense because really, um, that, that show, I think, I think, and we also talked about this a little bit, um, but we didn't talk too much about it. And now I'm going to bring it up on here, even though we talk music, um, I'm going down the Pete and Pete rabbit hole again on a, the second podcast this week. I got to talk about Pete and Pete, which uh, I have tried getting, it was years ago, I should try again, but I hit up Danny Tamborelli to come on here um, when they were doing a tour for their podcast that he does with uh, Michael Morona, or yeah, Morona, I believe, I hope I'm not butchering his last name, but uh, Big Pete, both the uh, Petes do a podcast, really good stuff, The Adventures of Danny and Mike, but uh I hit him up once when they were touring and just kind of like they were coming around here. I think they were like playing Buffalo. And I was like, hey, you know, like we should come on. And like, you know, he has a band and also, you know, he's just into, I mean, some great music and surrounded by amazing musicians on Pete and Pete. So like I I would love to talk about that aspect uh, of that with him. But sadly, never heard anything back. 
But, uh, you know, I, I would love to have them on and uh, talk music with Pete and Pete. But, yeah, anyway, uh, what I was saying on the podcast on Let's Chat Live was, like, I think with that show, I think in a way it helped that it was on Nickelodeon. But I think not – like, it probably helped back in the day because, you know, obviously Nickelodeon's huge and that's a big platform. But I think current day, I don't think it helps that it was on Nickelodeon because people who don't – like, Jay really wasn't that familiar with it. Like, he'd heard of it, but he'd never really watched it. So, like, his perception was that Nickelodeon show from the 90s, which, I mean, is a kid – you know what I mean? That mean you would take that as a kid show, a, a kid show from the 90s. But, like, it's so much more than that. It's so much more mature and, like, you know, like, just not a kid's show in a lot of ways. You know, not like it had dirty jokes or anything. It was just more complex for a a kid's show. And it's, like, I I really think if it wasn't, uh, you know, if it wasn't, like, released on a Nickelodeon back in the day and now, you know, now being marketed that way and everything, I think there it may have a, a better life. Uh, afterwards, because I, I think there's still a huge cult following for uh, you know people around my age and older who remember it when it was on, but I don't know how big it it's gotten like from people who weren't around back in the day. You know what I mean? One of those things where it's like I don't know if they've caught on in the uh, same way. Kind of like with Miracle Legion, really. I mean, I actually have another kind of analogy of that. You know, Miracle Legion's another one who. That band should be as big as R.E.M. or, you know, any of the other college rock bands. But, uh, you know, I would say for the most part, the people who know about them were the people who were there. You know, I mean, you have exceptions. Obviously, I did. I didn't really actually funny enough. Like I was talking about Danny and Mike's podcast. That's how I discovered. Like I knew of Polaris, but like I didn't realize the whole like like I knew Polaris was a fictional band made up for uh, Pete and Pete. But like I never heard Miracle Legion and stuff. And then they played like the backyard on there and uh, still my favorite Miracle Legion song and was hooked. But uh, yeah, talked about Pete and Pete, New Jersey pop punk, uh, a bunch of other things. I, I had a lot of fun. Those We did like an hour and a half, but uh, I don't know. He does a couple different things. If you, uh, if you want to go check them out and you really should, I had a great time on the show. And Chris is a good dude too. I mean, like I talked on the phone with him back in like January um, so at the beginning of this year, and we just bullshit for like, I think like two hours, like just about just anything and everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, th- this one was kind of like that, you know, it's kind of like just talking to my two buddies, talking to him and Jay, it was very uh, laid back and just very much a conversation more than a, uh, interview, which I got to say, I mean, and it's weird for me to be interviewed. Cause like, I'm very much in like interviewer mode so it's like i think i still ask questions during it i would have to go back and like listen to it or watch it but uh and it is on their youtube page that's what i was getting at is i think it may be released later on as a podcast but uh if you want to watch it now or listen to it it is on their youtube page let's chat live or no i'm sorry i believe just let's chat so just go look up let's chat podcast on a youtube and uh, you'll find my episode there and a bunch of other ones. And, uh, yeah, like I said, check them out. Chris is a good dude. And they do a bunch of different other things there. Uh, like I said, there's the regular Let's Chat podcast. They do Let's Chat Live, which I was on. But, uh, yeah, I think it may be getting released later on as a podcast. Not sure. But at least go watch that video. It is uh, on their YouTube page now. And, you know, go give them a follow and stuff. They're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything. And uh, same with Jay, uh, you know, go uh, look up the NJPP Facebook group on uh, Facebook 
And if you couldn't figure out where it was when I said the NJPP Facebook group, it's on Facebook. Um, go uh, give them a follow and everything and just go discover all these amazing bands and stuff. And that's the other thing, too, is I loved it is, uh, you know, if you're a fan of like the New Jersey pop punk stuff that I talk about on here and like all those people that I've had on, definitely go uh, listen to that interview on Let's Chat because me and uh, Chris were also listening to Jay for a lot of it. Just like like both of us just like fawning over hearing about someone who was there firsthand and, uh, you know, just talking about which it's been brought up on here talking to like Christian Lesperance and stuff and, uh, you know, Heath and Rob from Midtown and just everyone else from New Jersey. And I've I've interviewed so many people from there uh, at this point, but like all of them tell you this and like the biggest thing that still blows my mind is local shows that had like a thousand people at them. And then there'd be like three or four shows a weekend. You know what I mean? Like there would be multiple shows to choose from and every show would be sold out. And if not sold out would be like hundreds and hundreds of kids there. Like that's insane. You know what I mean? Like we were talking to Jay about that, how it almost feels like the norm until you go other places. Cause it's like, if that's all, you know, you just think everywhere, you know, you, you know, a thousand people will show up and see your local band. Like, no, there's, there's so many scenes where like, you're lucky to get 10 people there, you know? So I think such an amazing scene and, uh, I'm very happy to have been, you know, like with Jay and everything, just being uh really cool with accepting same with Chris. Chris is a dude like me who, uh, you know, wasn't old enough to be there back in the day, but like, you know, is getting into them later on. And again, like us, like learning about things because that that whole scene really missed the social media era by a few years. So it's like not it's not well documented, but like, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I take that back. It is being well documented now. It wasn't well documented before because, you know, there just wasn't a big social media or Internet presence left. But now with the Facebook group and doing the quarantunes and these podcasts and, you know, I'm not the only one who, uh, you know, interviews these bands, obviously. And then you have things like this was a scene where it's like the whole thing is uh, interviews with people from that whole scene. And uh, now it's being very well documented. I think it's awesome because, yeah, again, it's like that's such a special scene that like they could have that local bands were shown that much love and support. And then after, too, it's like you could look at honestly, you could look at modern pop music now and you could do like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon with like six degrees of New Jersey pop punk. Like, like somehow, you know, whether it's like Jack Antonoff, you know what I mean? Like being, being from there and, you know, co-writing and co-producing things. Now it's like, you have things like that. You have all these other guys who like are now, you know, these, you know, are once like members of these obscure bands who like maybe had like one record on drive through or something. And now are like acclaimed producers, you know, like just all these things like that, where it's like now they're in modern music, but like originally they were just, you know, they were, they were playing those shows on a Saturday night at like the Wayne firehouse, you know? But, uh, yeah, go check that out. We talked about all this stuff and more. But, uh, yeah, really, really fun. Thanks to uh, Chris and Jay for uh, having that conversation. I could have went, went hours more, too. That, that was the other thing, and I always liked that. And uh, I always hope people have that same feeling on here because, like, even as a guest there, I'm like, the 90 minutes went by so fast and I could have just kept doing it. And hopefully when I have guests on here, it goes by fast and they don't and it doesn't feel like uh, – 
you know, an hour and a half. I know they normally don't. Like last week's the uh, top five Alkaline Trio songs that I did with Zach and Kyle, which if you haven't checked out yet, go check out. I, uh, I've i been told that it's a good episode, and uh, I'll take people's words for it. I'm not going to listen to it because, uh, you know, I just don't really listen to this, to this here podcast. I don't care too much to uh, listen to myself, but I've been hearing good things that uh, people enjoy it, and uh, funny enough, uh, a couple hours before recording this, so I put I put a picture up. If you're not following us on Instagram at Power Court Hour on Instagram, follow us there. I would say it's the best place, like best social media wise. It's our best one. I feel like I post the most on there. We have the most interaction. Um, you know, I was at a really good time on there. So I'd say I mean follow us everywhere, but that would be like the best place I would say to follow us. But uh, I posted a picture like five years ago when I was in Los Angeles. I don't know if you've ever seen them. There's these really cool like prints or poster. I don't really know the correct term, but uh, they're called Vegan Club. And it's like, you know, different different musicians or like celebrities, uh, you know, who are vegan and just look really cool. Kind of had the fight, the fight Club uh, font. I mean, if you Google this right now, Vegan Club, a bunch of them will come up. They have, uh, you know, like Travis Barker. Uh, Toby Morris from H2O, uh, tons of others, Matt Skiba being one of them. And uh, I took a selfie in front of that with my uh, with my Suicidal Tendencies parody hat, which is a great Alkaline Trio hat that they sold on Warp Tour in 2010. But uh, I took a selfie in front of that years ago, and I posted it on the Instagram page last week when I, uh, you know, when the Alkaline Trio episode came out of the podcast. And uh, Vegan Club, the official Vegan Club, who makes those, which are uh, very cool and are, are still making them and have tons of other people too. I just named like three, but there's so many others they've done. But anyways, they uh, reposted that on their page. And uh, I was just curious because, I mean, they have like 9,000 followers or something like that. And uh, I was just looking at like people who liked this picture of me because they reposted I mean, yes, it's a Vegan Club of uh, Matt Skiba. But I'm in front of it, so it's a nice selfie of me with a poster of Matt Skiba. And uh, my boy Moby liked it, liked the picture. So, uh, yeah, I'm making moves out here, you guys. Moby liked a picture of me in front of a uh, Matt Skiba poster. So, uh, hell yeah. Or in the great words of uh, Matt Skiba, hell yes. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's my little way of telling you to uh, go listen to that two-parter. Because, oh boy, was it long. It, it, it's like three and a half hours, but, uh, you know, and I'm always conflicted by that. I, I do, I, I know I do those two parters a lot. Like if Zach and Kyle are on, it's almost always a two part episode, but, uh, Adobe audition just won't let me, I probably have to compress it. Like I'm sure if I fucked around with it a little bit, it would, uh, probably be okay, but like it, it will just, it will not export like four hours of raw audio. So it's like, I got to cut it up anyways to uh, export it. And then I'm just like, the the other thing too is like, I really, I try not to edit them down except for like, if I have to, like there was, there was one part in the alkaline true episode, like the whole of the whole thing. The only thing I edited, obviously, uh, you know, we, we like fade in. So it's like, I kind of fade into the conversation, but it's like, Throughout that whole thing, I only cut one part where uh, I think it was after I hung up on on Zach because I couldn't find his number. I think it might have been there, and and there was there was like a huge lull. There was just like 
30, 40 seconds of me trying to like find his number. So like I cut that out, but like besides that, I just leave them. You're just hearing the conversation as it goes. Like I mean, it's un unedited and uncut and uh, you know, I know they make for long episodes, but like, and I, and I would like to hear like, please, this is something I really want to hear from people who are listening. Cause I mean, I want this to be uh, enjoyable to the people who are listening, but hit me up powercord hour at gmail.com. Like for those longer episodes, like, would you rather just a long form uncut? Like, you know, if our conversation, cause that's kind of how I feel I, I'm on the fence about it, but I'm like, you know, if we have a four hour conversation and there's no lulls in it. And it's like, yeah, we go down rabbit holes, but it's like, hey, it's a conversation. And, you know, we just naturally go these different places. I kind of like to keep it that way because I go, this is three friends talking about a subject. And I feel like, you know, I, hopefully it's entertaining to listen to, you know, and it's an, and it's an interesting conversation. You know, that's the whole point. It's conversation. Conversations go different places. Sometimes you get sidetracked, you know, and then you get back on track. And, uh, so I, I tend to leave them that way, which, you know, then makes for two parters where, you know, they're, they're pretty long episodes, but like, would you rather that? Or would you rather hear one where say I took, you know, say it took us like three and a half hours to do our top five alkaline trio songs. If I cut it down to, you know, like a two and a half hour episode, you know, like I cut like an hour's worth of just basically fodder out, you know, like, like cut out just nonsense or you know if we get repetitive like and and like really like i'd love to know this like hit me up powercordhour at gmail.com or uh social media wherever just like i would like to know this like what for you as a listener which do you prefer you know and i've been told they let people like long form but it's like i think a lot of times too they're talking about long form interviews or i know that's a long form just conversation uh, about a subject. So yeah, I, I would like to know. Cause I mean, if, if people don't like it, then I would start cutting them down. You know I mean? If, if the, uh, general consensus was no cut that shit down, you guys get too sidetracked, then, uh, I would definitely do so. So let me know. But, uh, yeah, that was a really fun one doing that. I feel cause you know, I, I like I, like I mentioned, uh, two episodes ago, but, uh, yeah, we didn't have that many episodes in May just because I, I took uh, – we had a guest cancel one week. And then the following week I had something uh, come up in my family and it ended up being a uh, just two-week break that I didn't expect to have. So, you know, really uh, pretty short and sweet. We did the uh, top five Alkaline Trio songs. We're doing this one right now. And uh, we did uh, last but certainly not least, we had Bobby Vaughn on for the first time in uh, four years since 2017, but uh, he came on and was the first guest of the month talking about his brand new EP. Very, very good stuff. I, uh, I've been listening to it a lot and really enjoy it. I loved his stuff with the uh, Promise Hero, and uh, I like the progression because, like, I like the Promise Hero and the early stuff I like too, you know, where it's more uh, kind of a straight up pop punk band. But I think like their best stuff was uh, their record Deja Vu, which you should go back and check out if you never listened to, uh, that they put out on TDR Records. Shout out to Mike Collins and TDR, which we got to have Mike Collins on soon. He will probably, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear Mike Collins on here within like the next two months. And uh, yeah, I, that would not be a bad thing either. I'd love to have him on. I don't know why it's taken this long. Five years in, there's just certain people where you go, how the hell have I never asked them on or had them on? And uh, he's one of them. But yeah, uh, Deja Vu, which he recorded with uh, Jamie Wolford of The Stereo, who's an amazing uh, producer too and just an amazing songwriter and musician. 
But uh, just like that album has this great like it's pop rock and pop punk. And it's like, I don't know. I, I really like it. Like, I feel like if I play the promise hero on uh, the radio show, a lot of times that's the album I go with uh, deja vu. I, I just think it's a really, really good one. Plus I, I do have uh, my, my very first car, my uh, Volvo uh, a 98. I can't remember XC. I think a 1998 XC Volvo, like a hatchback and a great car. And uh, I, I say like it was so long ago, really, I've only had three cars in my life, but this was my first car, and uh, it had a tape deck and a CD. It did have a CD player too, but I also had a tape deck. And uh, I remember when uh, the Promise Hero put out Deja Vu, they put it out on cassette as well. So I had to order one, and uh, I remember nice sunny days because I got released in the summer and uh, driving around on a nice summer day. Just blasting that shit on cassette with my windows down. So, like, I, I feel like there's little thing. You know, it's funny because, you know, a minute ago talking about Pete and Pete with the whole nostalgia thing, you know, and, and like I admit it, I'm more that way with music. And look at I'm doing it right now. You know, I'm, I'm that way where I'll think back to things like that, like listening to that record on a nice day with my windows down and uh, just driving down the highway, you know. So, like, you know, I, I kind of have memories attached to it in that way. But, uh, yeah, I love that record, and the Promise Hero were great, and I love the new Bobby Vaughn EP. And uh, if you haven't checked that one out or, uh, you know, or the Alkaline Trail one, you know, go listen to it. Wherever you're listening to this right now, you can also find those episodes and uh, all our other ones. I can't believe we're on to episode 65, and, uh, yeah, I love it. I, it's crazy. I feel like episode 100 will be here before you know it. I know on the radio show we're up to... I want to say episode 238 maybe this week. I think it's 238. And, uh, I mean, it still feels like yesterday was episode 100 when I had Jason Camacho from Audio Karate on. And uh, that was 2018. Like, that was uh, that was so long ago, yet it just feels like... And then, funny enough, and then we had Jason Camacho on a second time, and he wasn't on episode 200, but he just missed it by like I think two episodes like something like, like it was something really had I timed it um you know had it been intentional and I timed it he would have been back on for episode 200 uh almost right on the money but uh that w- was not we'll have to have him back on episode 300 he'll uh he'll have to be on or at least episode 100 for this for the podcast because he is one of my uh, favorite guests and uh it, it's funny you know uh audio karate being a band who I think has always been hard to label genre-wise. I mean, I think if you listen to Space Camp, I think it's a little easier. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, because it's just more of a straightforward pop-punk record. Still a great record, but, you know, more straightforward than Lady Melody. But on their Instagram, like, a week ago, uh, they put up a thing like they were for a future release, which uh, was a nice hint. I don't know uh, anything else about it, but that uh, always makes me happy to hear new stuff coming from the Audio Karate Camp but uh, that they were making one of those stickers, you know, like the hype stickers where it says for fans of. And, uh, you know, they, they were asking, like in their Instagram stories, like, what are three bands you would put for, you know, like, who do we sound similar to? And, like, you know, I never thought of it before. But number one, how difficult it kind of is to make those, like, including because I see them constantly. Like, I'll get I'll get emails with, like, new music sent to me for the radio show and I mean, like all PR releases have, you know, all those press releases have like 
you know, for fans of, and then we'll list a few bands and it's like, I never think anything of it, but it's like, that can be kind of difficult, but like even more so for audio karate and really it's a compliment, but it's like, goddamn, like it's hard to name three bands that they really sound like. I ended up saying if we're talking older bands, like around like their era, like when audio karate was coming up. I said Jimmy Eat World, uh, Atari's, though Atari's is more for uh, for Space Camp, I would say, than Lady Melody. And then I said At the Drive-In, and I would say At the Drive-In more for Lady Melody than Space Camp. So that's the other thing here. Jimmy Eat World, I feel like there's a little bit on both, though even more on Lady Melody. Whereas Atari's you hear on the first record, and then At the Drive-In I think you hear on the second and and Malo as well. That one I think you hear a little bit of uh, at the drive-in, and uh, not even a little bit. I, I say I say a decent amount because on the radio show I I know I can't remember the exact song, but like a few times I've had a few uh, audio karate and at the drive-in songs that just go so perfect into one another. Like I'll throw them on the playlist like back to back because they just transition so well, um, you know. But like that more post-hardcore like heavy side of a lady melody, I would say you can kind of hear, um, some at the drive-in and yeah, like, I don't think you hear Atari's as much on that one, but you know, the Atari's got experimental too. So, I mean, again, it's like not, not totally out of there, but it's like all of it just made me think of how difficult it is really to like name three bands that, uh, they sound like, you know, which is, which is a huge compliment to them because, Hey, they don't, you know, that's what made lady melody specifically, uh, so goddamn good is like it really doesn't uh, sound like like uh, anyone at all. But uh, you know, a second ago I was talking about the radio show, and I wanted to jump back to that here for a second and uh, tease here. Depending when you're listening to this, but uh, the June fourth episode of uh, the radio show and the first episode of June, I'm going to be doing an all drive through records playlist for the radio show. I'm very excited for this. It is going to be two hours of me and uh, an all drive through records set. I believe the playlist, I counted, I think I have 30 songs I fit on, which is already a, an issue because on that you have two hours and even a little less because uh, we do have a break in between. But it's like, it's just like, if I'm not done at midnight, uh, you know, we just we just fade out and the next program comes on. And, uh, you know, with this one, it's going to be hard because I tried to fit as many songs as I could on, but I know I'm just going to talk a bunch about drive-thru. Like, I'm not going to be able to shut the fuck up about drive-thru records. So I already know it's going to be a very difficult situation here to try to fit it all within two hours. But I'm very excited to do that episode. So if the time has not passed yet, check it out uh, this week on the Power Chord Hour, the radio show, uh, 10 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA right here in Jamestown, New York. And you can listen to that anywhere in the world. You can stream the radio station on their uh, website, WRFALP.com. You'll see the big old streaming button. And uh, actually, if you're listening to on an iPhone, we do have a WRFA iPhone app. There's not an Android one, but there's an iPhone one. So uh, if you go download that, you can stream it right off the app as well. But uh, tune into that because I'm excited for that. Um, I love Drive Through Records, my favorite label, and uh, I, I'm so happy. Those, those I always look forward to. I always look forward to anyone I interview on here. But uh, anyone who's like was in a Drive Through Records band or still is, um, I always love uh, interviewing. And if you haven't heard, uh, my buddy Zach there, 
from uh, last week's Alkaline Trio episode. We did a top five drive through. That was like our first. Yeah, that was our first countdown one, I believe. Um, actually, and, you know, funny enough, the top five Blink One Eight Two songs I think might have came out before the drive through records episode, but we recorded the drive through one before that. And uh, yeah, the top five drive through releases. And uh, me and Zach did that. So if you're a drive through fan and haven't heard that, go back and listen to that episode. But uh, yeah, tune in this Friday, 10 to midnight Eastern. And uh, it's going to be, I, I mean, the whole thing, like like I'm going all the way back to like Cousin Oliver and Mother Mania and uh, Last Summer. And then I'm going all the way, you know, to the, to the later stuff like Halifax and Houston Calls and Hello Goodbye and uh, all the other ones. And I mean, obviously the golden era too, you know, you're, everything you, you would expect to hear, the Midtowns, Hidden Plain Views, Newfound Glories, um, Finches, Starting Lines, Something Corporates. You know, all, all those I have on there as well. So Phoenix TX. So yeah, may, make sure you tune into that if you're a pop punk fan. And uh, I I love, I mean, like that, that's the other thing I mentioned, like how much I love uh, interviewing like drive through, you know, like alum. Uh, I, I was getting some love on our uh, Instagram from uh, some of our past guests and uh, a great idea and I think you're going to hear him on on the radio show soon, and uh, and maybe on here too. We maybe we'll just have him on again to uh, interview him because he he is another one where uh, his his uh, episode is still one of or his interview is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done still. But uh, Joe Rio, the lead singer of Hidden in Plain View, he just kind of mentioned he's like, hey, if you ever want me to do like a you know like a guest DJ set or whatever and do like an all drive through, I think he said uh, set. Like, let me know. And, you know, I, I kind of, I already had the playlist and everything ready for uh, this one and kind of the, kind of knowing what I want to do and how I want the episode set up. So, like, you know, I wasn't going to have him on this exact one, but I love that idea. And I've never done that is just guest DJs, have them on the radio, including now that we have two hours, like, do an hour of it. You know what I mean? Like, do the first or second hour where it's just like, all right, I just let Joe do it. Like, he can, uh, he can play the songs. He can talk, and uh, and I'd probably just have him on as a guest DJ too. We could do all drive through, but it's like if he wants to, I'd let him do whatever he wants. Like I know he's a big Alkaline Trio fan. I'd let him come on and play, you know, an all Alkaline Trio set, like whatever. You know, I, I think that'd be really cool. So I'm gonna take him up on that, and I give him full credit. And I don't, and I won't stop there. I, I really, uh, I re- and that's a threat. I will not stop there. I uh, will definitely keep doing, uh, you know, guest DJs. I think that would be fun for the radio show, you know. And I, and I try to do that too because I want people, I want people to check out both. You know, I want people who listen to the radio show to listen to the podcast and vice versa. And you know, the fact that you can stream the uh, WRFA and everything, I try to push that a lot because you know, just because you're not in Jamestown, you can still listen to it anywhere. But I'd love to do more of that on the radio show, stuff like that. Like have guest DJs on. And, uh, you know, do themes and things like that. Same with like the drive through where I do like, like me, myself, I do an all drive through set for two hours. And then, you know, there's an episode where like I'll have someone on probably Zach and Kyle too. I'll probably have them some on sometime soon too. And let them both just whatever they want. You know what I mean? I kind of like be like free reign, be like, yo, you basically you have an hour of airtime like there, like you, you get the hour, like I'm not telling you what to play. I'm not telling you what to say. You can do whatever the hell you want. Like. 
totally up to you. So I, I think that's something you will start seeing in the future. And uh, you can thank Joe Rio of Hidden in Plain View, which uh, is awesome. Because Hidden in Plain View rules. Uh, Life and Dreaming, one of the best drive through releases. And uh, his interview, too. Another one, you know, uh, go check it out on the podcast feed. But uh, talking to him about Life and Dreaming was awesome. That record is so underrated. And another one, too, you know, like I was talking about Audio Karate, not being able to really label a band. Hidden Plain View is another where it's like, yeah, I mean, they sound, you know, you can be like, all right, they kind of sound a little bit like this band and this band, but it's like they don't really sound like any specific band, you know, like including on that record. And I talked to Joe about that, but it's like there's songs on there that are very heavy, that are you know, more on the, like the post hardcore side. Then there's songs that sound more like, like, uh, you know, kind of almost like Foo Fighters ish, you know, things like that. Like a couple times they almost go into like refused territory, you know, like, and I know I said post hardcore, but like, you know, of both sides of it, of the refused side. And then also, of like the senses fail side, you know, kind of doing a little bit of both or the used, you know, like things like that. And just another amazing band who, uh, just doesn't sound a whole lot like, uh, anyone else who was around at that time. So yeah, probably have him on. Like I said, maybe just have him on for an interview too. I'd love to talk to him again. He was, uh, he was definitely awesome last time. So that was cool. Yeah. He, uh, he, he just said that on Instagram. So I'll probably, uh, get back to him. You know, it was funny too, uh, speaking of Instagram, if you, uh, and again, if you don't follow us on there, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, uh, uh, recently I, have been posting, uh, concert tickets. Not even recently, like last year I've been posting concert tickets on there on, uh, you know, like the date. So the other day was, uh, the 10th anniversary of, uh, going to see the take action tour, in uh, 2011, up at uh, Club Infinity in Williamsville, which uh, is basically Buffalo. But uh, Club Infinity, I don't believe, is there anymore. And if they are, I think it's been years and years and years since they really did shows. I think it might just be a club and, like, bar. Um, It definitely looked like – I saw a few shows there, and it definitely looked like a uh, dance club or something uh, during the – you know, like, normally – um, I don't think like punk shows, like they would have them, but I think it was like a thing they did. I could be totally wrong, but I think it's something they did for like a few years, but it wasn't like the main thing that they did at Club Infinity. I think every time I die might have even did one of their uh, Christmas, one of their uh, like holiday shows there. But, you know, it, it, I don't know. It wasn't, it was just whatever. It, it was a venue, nothing to write home about. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, I went and saw the Take Action tour there in 2011, so this was a decade ago. But, like, this show, and I've brought it up on the podcast before, um, it was insane because when Bayside were playing, they were closing out with Devotion and Desire, which is like, I mean, that's, they, they always, they almost always do. I remember one tour, they opened with it, which I thought was awesome because it's like, that's always the closer, and they end up opening with it. And uh, I forget what they closed with then. But uh, I thought it was a cool move. But uh, they were into like the last thirty seconds of the song, and all of a sudden the power came on, or the power, the lights came on, and the power went off on stage. So the band, all the power went off on the band, and the house lights all came on, and uh, and then I think they came back on for like a second. Bayside came back on for like another second, and that got turned off again, and everyone got evacuated out. And what I was told was that some girl who was uh, crowd surfing 
hit the uh, bear the barricade and like hit her neck or like something bad like fucked herself up and uh, the and there were ambulances there too so that's the other thing and i mean got got hurt bad enough where ambulances had to come get her and uh and they ended up canceling the rest of the show because silverstein was the headliner and they never made it out and uh bayside never got to play the last 30 seconds of devotion and desire but i was always told and i never knew the full story but that that's what happened a girl during bayside was crowd surfing hit her head on the barricade and uh or her neck and uh had to go to the hospital i always heard broker neck but then people have told me that if you break your neck you're basically dead and i'd never heard that she died so i was like i don't know that it was really break her neck but it was something pretty bad but uh, anyways, I post this on Instagram, and then I also just threw up there. I'm like, hey, this is always what I've heard, but it's you know it's been like a decade. I I would love to know the whole story about that because again, it had to be pretty bad that we all got evacuated. Silverstein never played, but uh, funny enough, and I didn't even uh, tag him in this. Uh, Silver Silverstein I mentioned, but uh, Shane told the lead singer of Silverstein ended up. Uh, throwing a comment on here, which I thought was awesome. And he told me now, right, right from the mouth, uh, of Shane told a Silverstein, he told me what happened on that fateful night 10 years ago. And, uh, he said that he heard the crowd surfer went to the hospital, but was fine. And he said that the reason the show got shut down was because when the paramedics came to get her, the venue was like 300% over capacity. So the fire marshal came and kicked everyone out. So, yeah, I'm thinking that the girl, which that was awesome. And shout out to Shane Told, uh, who also does a rad podcast, actually, Lead Singer Syndrome, which I don't think really needs the plug. Um, I think it's a pretty big podcast, but is is really a, a great podcast. But, uh, yeah, that that really it explained everything, too, because, I mean, she got hurt, but, I don't, you know, she didn't die or anything like that. But that would totally make sense because it was a packed show. And again, Club Infinity, I think, was more like a dance club or nightclub than it was like a punk venue. So, you know, I don't know that they normally had that many people there. And, uh, yeah, the fire marshal apparently shut shit down, and we never got to see Silverstein, and we never got the last 30 seconds of Devotion and Desire. But uh, that was a good show. It was Silverstein, Bayside, The Swellers, Polar Bear Club, and Texas in July. And, uh, yeah, really, really good show. And I remember before the show, uh, Bayside and Silverstein did a meet and greet at uh, an FYE. And I forget which mall. might have been the Boulevard Mall in uh, Buffalo or Williamsville. It's the one with the carousel in it. It's that mall. And I doubt that FYE is even there anymore. But I remember it's the mall with the carousel in it. So if you're from Buffalo, you know which one I'm talking about. Because there's only one mall with a fucking carousel in it in Buffalo. And probably, just, I was going to say anywhere, but then I remembered Mall of America probably has. I can't remember, but I want to say Mall of America definitely has a carousel somewhere. And uh, and I guess if we're being technical, I feel like most malls have that shitty little, like, kids carousel. You know, like the, like, little four-foot one that's, like, with a bunch of other, like, you know, you throw a quarter in. It's, like, machine-operated. I guess if you're counting that, too, I feel like you see those. But, uh, yeah, you probably know what mall I'm talking about. But, yeah, I, I went to that meet and greet. They're all very nice. And uh, I, Shane really, like, he seems like a very nice dude. I, I mean, I've never, I've never, uh, the comment I, I thought was very nice because I've uh, I've just been wondering for 10 years and he put it all to rest for me. But I remember I remember meeting him, meeting him at a Warp Tour years ago for, like, again, for, like, maybe 30 seconds 
but he just seemed very nice. Like I remember I was wearing a punchline shirt and uh, it was at a Pittsburgh show and he's like, Oh yeah, like punchline they're from here and everything. Right. And it's like, I thought it was really cool already. Cause it's like, I mean, he probably, they probably played with punchline stuff too, but it's like not even a huge band, but like to know punchline, know that they're from Pittsburgh and stuff. And then we talked for a second about, uh, cause they did a, they covered uh, no effects that day. And then they also did uh, a no effects cover on their uh, short songs, uh, album, which I think is if, even if you're not a fan of Silverstein, you should go look up their short songs album. It's it's this whole album they did. Half of it is original songs, and it's in the vein of just fast like hardcore punk of the '80s. And the second half is just covers of short songs from so like the Dead Kennedys, the Promise Ring from uh, Gob. Uh, oh man, who else? Oh man, I'm drawing a blank. There's like 12 covers on there. Uh, really, really good stuff. Orchid. They do like an orchid cover. They do all these, uh, kid dynamite. Uh, I, yeah, I want it actually. Now I can't remember. Maybe not kid dynamite, maybe making that up, but uh, a bunch of really rad covers, but yeah, like he's just a dude who you can tell really loves music. That's why I think his podcast is good as he seems like a legit music fan. And uh, I always like I always like those people. Sebastian Bach is like that. Like even if you're not a fan of Skid Row, like Sebastian Bach, anytime I see him talk about music, is just a legitimately a fan of music, and you get so stoked hearing him talk about it. Like I love I love that when you hear someone so stoked on music that you get stoked about it. There's a great uh, Amoeba Records does those What's in My Bag, and I, I think. I really think Sebastian Bach has the best one because it's like sometimes people go in there, they have, you know, they don't really have much energy. They're just like, whatever, this is what I grabbed. This guy, like, he's walking through, he's flipping through, he's like, I need this prey. And like, that's the other thing, too. He's like, he's a collector. He's like, I need, like, yeah, I have five pressings of this Kiss record, but I don't have this one, you know, or like shit like that, or like pull the record out. It's like, well, but there's like just this one minor difference. Like, I love that stuff. I love, uh, you know, seeing people too have been in the industry for decades like that who aren't so jaded that they can't still enjoy like, you know, going to Amoeba Records and just dropping, you know, $300. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's rad with, uh, when, when you see that from musicians. But, uh, yeah, Shane, Shane seems like one of those dudes. And, uh, the few little interactions I've had with him, he, uh, seems very, very nice. As Canadians tend to be. Canadians are, uh, pretty damn nice people. We've had some uh, Canadians as guests on here and uh, I would say some of them are my favorite shout out uh Steve Kravick and uh and definitely shout out Luke Bentham of the Dirty Nil still uh still number 1 fuck art. Their record fuck art still my favorite of 2021 uh so far. I'll be doing that episode soon too speaking of uh doing solo episodes. I will have that here probably next month. Cause that's, you know, that's a six month mark. So we'll make it even, you know, right in the half of the year, I'll do the, uh, my little rundown of the best records of the year so far. But, uh, my second favorite album did actually come out this month and, uh, I'll play you something off that here in a minute and go through, uh, some of the new records of the month. But yeah, that's, uh, that's just been some of the fun bullshit in, uh, like I said, power chord, our world, my world, uh, doing let's chat, uh, Shane told, explain Shane told telling me um what went down that fateful night 10 years ago uh you know the uh, drive through records episode coming up the uh, top 5 alkaline trio songs came out last week 
and my boy Moby liking my picture and uh, all that good stuff. Another funny one, actually, and then we'll get into new music and uh, and and we'll get uh, moving along here. But the greatest the greatest trade I've done now Power Chord Hour stickers. I always give them out for free. I love sending them out. But I was propositioned by a uh, follower on Instagram. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to mislabel him a listener of the show because maybe, maybe he's never listened to the show, but, uh, I, I've talked to him on, uh, on Instagram. His, uh, it's like Merge Five, and I might have fucked that up, but it's like Merge Five. Go follow him because he's rad. But, uh, anyway, and you can find it because I tagged him on, on Instagram. Again, all of this whole, this whole episode of the podcast is just a ploy for me to make you follow me on Instagram. But uh, I posted a picture of the of the rad package that he sent me. But anyways, he messaged me one day. Right, I on Jawbreaker Day. That's what it was. So it was May fourth earlier this this uh, month. Happy late, happy belated Jawbreaker Day. Like uh, I don't I don't know, like three weeks late. But uh, but and it, but it's Jawbreaker Day every day in my heart. Every every day is Jawbreaker Day. And uh, anyways. He posted a picture of, uh, I think he was playing a Jawbreaker record and he had the album out and he had like some Chesterfield Kings up, uh, a couple packs of them. And I'm like, that like that was so rad. I was like, oh my God, like those Chesterfield Kings rule. And uh, he hit me up and he's like, yo, like if you send me some Power Chord Hour stickers, I'll send you a couple uh, packs of uh, Chesterfield Kings or, you know, I'll send you a pack of Chesterfield King. And I'm just like, oh, fuck yes. So I uh, I sent him some stickers and some other Power Chord Hour goodies. And uh, he hooked it up. An original, too. Like, like, I see they started selling Chesterfield Kings again. But apparently they're not the original. They're kind of like, I think, like the name. They like sold the name or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of being. It's basically back in name. But that's about it. But he, these are original. Like, I don't know the exact year. But they look like they're from the 50s. And uh, he sent me uh, two unopened packs of Chesterfield Kings, which uh, I don't even smoke. But, uh, yeah, as, as a Jawbreaker fan, so fucking cool. And uh, also, he sent me other couple goodies, but the other highlight of that package was a, a VHS, a Super Chunk VHS, which now I got to pull out my tape player and watch it because uh, that is just awesome. I didn't even know that, that this existed. It's from, like, he told me he got in 1992, which is the year I was born, and I think that was the year that the actual VHS tape came out. So I didn't even know about this live uh, video that they – I don't even know if it ever got released on DVD or anything. I mean, that, that VHS is now uh, just like myself, nearing, like, 29 years old. So goddamn. But, yeah. Uh, shout out to my boy. Like I said, I think it's Merge 5. I might be fucking that up because uh, I'm just saying this off the top of my head and I don't have Instagram in front of me. But, uh, I mean, that that was very awesome, trading uh, stickers for smokes. And uh, you, if you want some Power Chord Hour stickers, you don't have to trade me anything. Uh, if you want to send me free shit, I'll never say no to that. I love free shit. But if you want free shit, hit me up for some Power Chord Hour stickers, powercordhour at gmail.com, and uh, I would gladly... Uh, send you some I'd love to send you some but uh, we're almost an hour in so I'm gonna shut up about uh, everything that isn't about new music and we're gonna get into the new releases of the month for May 2021 we had a couple good ones this month we were sharks put out their new record new low useless ID put out a new uh, kind of best of record most useless songs the mighty mighty boss tones put out a brand new one when God was great 
uh, Big City, which has some members of Rufio in it. They just put out a brand new EP, The Quest for Power. Sincere Engineer just put out a great cover of Third Eye Blind's Losing a Whole Year. And uh, you'll have to go check it out on their social media. You have to like sign up for their email or something or follow them on Spotify. I can't remember, but do it and you get a download of the song. And it's a solid cover and uh, well worth it for the three seconds it takes to sign up. So go check that out. Bowling for Soup put out a new single and it is quite solid. Getting old sucks, but everybody's doing it. Sounds just like a classic pop punk record from that or song from them. Uh, my boy Bobby Vaughn. Uh, Our guest from earlier this month obviously put out a brand new EP, self-titled. So go check out the Bobby Vaughn EP out now on TDR Records. Belvedere, who will play something off their new record in a second. Hindsight is a sixth sense. Juliana Hatfield put out a new one called Blood. Ryan Smith, who is Soul Asylum's guitarist, put out a great new uh, single called I'm Slipping. And he did a cool little like single release on Facebook Live the other night, and uh, he played the new song, and also a bunch of great covers of uh, of just just all the best like Twin City bands. Like he covered their like when I tuned in, he was covering I Will Dare. He was doing the replacements. He's doing Husker Du. He was doing Soul Asylum. Uh, did a great job on everyone and uh, the Suburbs. And just a bunch of other ones, too, and just really good. And uh, his new single is really rad, too, so go check that out. We'll uh, definitely play it on the radio show coming up. Pardoner, who, uh, like I mentioned earlier, my second favorite album of the year came out this month, and it was Pardoner. This band is amazing. I just heard them, like, earlier this month, late last month, and uh, this new record came down different, which I'll play something off of that in a minute here for you. Uh, so goddamn good, so amazing, and uh, you'll hear why I love it in a second. But right now, we're gonna play something from Divided Heaven, who just put out their new single, "The Filthy 15, and they'll uh, kick off this little block of new music for you on the May Rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Born in love and heresy, baptized by fire and gasoline.
here on the power court hour podcast that was partner with fuck you off their brand new record came down different i'm telling you besides uh the dirty nails fuck art this thing is my favorite record of the year and it is it is just so good it sounds like a lot of times sounds like uh indie like 90s indie rock there's times uh, there's uh, one song "Lucky Day" which sounds like the Velvet Underground, and then goes into like just this like almost like Black Flag or something, and uh, just amazing, amazing band. Definitely some Dinosaur Junior in there, a bunch of other things. And uh, go check out their new record. Came down different. I've been playing a bunch of stuff off of it on the radio show, and uh, I love it. I love that record so much. Go check it out. I cannot say enough good things about it. Before that was Belvedere with Chromatic off their new record. Hindsight is the Sixth Sense, and they're just one of those. They're one of those pop punk bands who are actually good at their instruments. You know what I mean? Like not all pop punk bands uh, are really proficient. And uh, Belvedere are. Belvedere actually know like scales and things like that. And uh, really, really good band. And that's a great record. And uh, Divided Heaven opened up that block of music. was their brand new single, The Filthy 15. So go uh, check out all those uh, new ones and uh, all that new music. And go buy that single and uh, those records. But uh, yeah, before I let you go, we got a couple little pieces of music news here. Let me grab my, uh, I'm so goddamn professional, let me grab my uh, news in front of me here. (laughs) Uh, Announced, I thought this was kind of uh, cool, announced in a three-word post on Facebook, you know, gotta do it short and sweet, just like their music, New Jersey Legends Lifetime have announced they're writing new music, that was the post, just writing new music. So, you know, really, besides one-off shows and festivals, the band have been uh, pretty inactive here since the mid-2000s, and uh, this would mark their first release since their self-titled full-length, which was which was released on uh, Pete Wentz's label, Decadence, back in 2007. They were actually one of the, I don't know if people realize that, they were one of the first bands signed to Pete Wentz's label. Like, I think the first 
maybe like Fallout Boy might have been like the first release on that label, and then like the Academy is, and like Cobra Starship, and then Lifetime. Uh, you know, which, but not super weird. I mean, they didn't, oh, and Panic at the Disco. I think actually Panic at the Disco was the very first release. And, uh, you know, like Lifetime was like three releases later. But, uh, you know, it, it really though wasn't, it's weird and not weird. Like, it's weird when you look at the other bands who are on the roster, but it's not weird because Pete Wentz was a huge Lifetime fan. So it's like, it totally makes sense, including if you listen to early Fallout Boy. Like it, it totally makes sense. Plus, they put out a great record. That's the other thing. It's not like because they were on a Pete's label, they tried to sound like Fallout Boy or something. Like it's a great like that last Lifetime record is great, which uh, which also makes me excited for new Lifetime music now because they've already kind of done that. They've kind of already passed that test of being broken up for a while. And coming back later on and writing a good reunion record, like they can say they've written a good reunion record, which normally if you do it once, I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's all smooth sailing after But what I'm saying is if you can do it once, you can probably do it again. So like, I think a new album from them would be really good. So I'm excited for that. I mean, I know there's not a whole lot else to report on besides literally just writing new music, but, uh, that, and they have been releasing new merch lately. And I think they're doing like, a whole drop like I think almost monthly they're doing like a different piece of merch or something so just seeing them be more active like that makes me happy I uh, they're another one of those bands and so many of them that like I fell in love with during college which for me was you know the 2010s you know like 2011 to 2016 and uh, falling in love and discovering a lot of these bands long after they broke up and, uh, you know, Lifetime's one of them where I've never been able to catch them on one of their one-offs and would love if they put out a record because then they'd probably tour for it and, uh, you know, maybe do interviews and I could talk to them and uh, all that all that fun stuff, you know. So hopefully we, hopefully we hear more. You will definitely hear it from me if they uh, announce anything coming up because I would be a very happy boy to uh, get a new Lifetime record. But uh, yeah, thought I would share the thought I would spread the good word and the good news on that one. And uh, another cool one going uh, just more New Jersey. I never even planned that. I just naturally talk about New Jersey for some reason because it's a rad fucking place. That's why. But uh, after a 10 year break, the Bamboozle Festival has announced that they will be making a return in 2023. And uh, the festival started in New Jersey back in 2003, and they're going to be celebrating that 20th anniversary back in New Jersey, May 5th through the 7th, 2023, so mark those calendars. And while no lineups have been announced yet, it is safe to assume, uh, just like all past years, it'll probably be a nice mixed bag of multiple genres like pop punk, hip-hop, classic rock, pop, and everything in between. And, uh, you know, I never really thought of that before, how diverse the lineups were until... uh, they kind of started announcing it for this, but really like a really nice mixed bag of uh, different genres. And the festival originally began as the cult classic skate and surf fest, which I've talked about on here when I, which I uh, skipped my community college graduation in 2014 to uh, go see Midtown reunite. But uh, originally began as that and then evolved into the massive bamboozle that uh, over the years has had hundreds of performers, um, I mean, everyone from Taking Back Sunday, Blink-182, Drake, to Jimmy Eat World, My Chemical Romance, Motley Crue, Fall Out Boy, Bon Jovi, Hawthorne Heights, The Movie Life, Foo Fighters, Set Your Goals, and many, many more. I mean, just, just everyone under the sun, I feel like, between 2003 to 2011 
uh, I mean, the festivals run. Uh, anyone who was a part of the scene or bigger or even outside of it, like just big music acts, uh, played Bamboozle. And they got a lot of them on the way up, too. That's the other thing is uh, just getting a lot of artists, like, not even at their peak, like, at, like, really kind of, like, having their ear to the ground almost and, like, getting an artist while they're on the, you know, like, when they're hot, but while, you know, like, while they're still cool, you know what I mean? Like, when there's still credibility and everything. So I'm excited about it. I mean, it's a while off, obviously. You know, they, they announced it quite early, but uh, I I think that's cool. I really enjoyed Skate and Surf in uh, 2014. It's the only one I've ever been to. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how uh, similar it was to the original ones. I was told that the original ones, which I'm sure, I mean, there there was more going on and stuff. But uh, that, that one I still thought was a really fun festival and a great lineup. I mean, it was an amazing lineup when I look back at it, too. You know, seeing Midtown twice and Hidden in Plain View in the early November and uh, Alkaline Trio and Newfound Glory and uh, Patent Pending and United Nations and uh, tons of other bands I can't remember now off the top of my head. The Moms, great band. And, uh, yeah, that was a really fun one. And Bamboozle, I remember wanting to go to that really bad in 2011, um, just having a great lineup and not not being able to go. That's back before I had a vehicle, sadly. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'll i be excited to see what the lineup is. That's what excites me because it's like – they always they always had pretty solid lineups. If you go back and look up look up uh, Bamboozle lineups, it's like they really do have a nice Riot Fest is is kind of like that. You know what I mean? Really, Riot Fest is kind of modern day Bamboozle. Where yes, it's kind of a punk festival at heart, but it's like you know it also you know you will see other bands from other uh, genres. You know, like like things were overall. A festival goer will probably like you know like nine times will like nine times out of ten the band all the bands on the bill, but you know it isn't just one sound all day. And uh, Bamboozle tends to be good at that. And I would love to see if they bring back the whole hoodwink thing, where uh, bands do whole sets of uh, you know just cover cover a whole uh, a whole set of covers from a different band, which the fest does as well. You know the fest does that a lot, where a band will go up. And, uh, you know, just do a whole set of covers from a certain band, you know, like go up and just do all Nirvana or something like that. So it would be cool to see if they bring that back, but I'm excited for that. I, uh, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Anything bamboozle or a skate and surf related. I just feel like both of those are, you know, just classic, uh, classic festivals. And we're getting to a point now too. I mean, that one's a while away, but like also like live shows, you know, I was very uh, skeptic about them coming back and seeing people, announcing things but it does seem like shows seem to be coming back now they're happening and stuff so i mean we're i'm just finally uh optimistic that it's happening because i mean if you go back and listen to probably even like from a few episodes ago i was probably talking about going like i don't know i mean things are starting to get announced but i don't i don't know how many shows are really going to happen but now i'm starting to be like Oh, okay. I believe it when people are announcing things. Like I, I, I do believe like Riot Fest will happen later this year, and the fest will happen, and uh, you know, I, which and I don't know if Bamboozle. Maybe they're waiting because it coincides with the twentieth anniversary. But they also might just be playing it safe, going like, yeah, fuck it. Like we're not announcing it this year just to be, you know, or even for next year to be told like, oh no, it's canceled. So that may be the other reason why they're holding off. 
But uh, I'm excited to see what they do here in a few years. And uh, one more piece of music news for you, and a very exciting one. The Descendants have announced a new record, and it was originally recorded back in 2002 with the Milo Goes to College lineup. And the new album is going to be called Ninth and Walnut, and that will be out July 23rd on Epitaph Records. And the album features Milo Ackerman, Bill Stevenson, Tony Lombardo, and the late Frank Nevada, which uh, the three of them, minus Milo, were the original lineup of the band. And this album will feature 18 songs that were written between 1977 and 1980 and will also feature the debut Descendants songs It's a Hectic World and Ride the Wild with Milo on vocals for the very first time and uh, there is a new single out right now Baby Don't You Know and uh, you can go check that out and you just gotta wait a little bit longer here for the whole thing I'm very excited for this I love the Descendants and uh, it's really cool you know what I mean like I know there's a whole concept there you know it's like it's a quote-unquote new record, really, more than anything. But uh, I had—I don't think I'd ever heard of this. It seemed like some people were aware that they'd like recorded back in like '02, but uh, I don't—I don't know the whole thing. Like, I don't know if this has been recorded all the way and just shelved until now. I kind of what I got out of it was it was mostly recorded back then, and then Milo and Bill went back now and kind of uh, worked on things. I could be totally wrong. But that's kind of how I, I took it. But, but yeah, a lot of this stuff is uh, from about almost 20 years ago. And then the song, and that's when they recorded a lot of this. Now, the songs themselves were, yeah, recorded way back in the day. But I mean, that, that was the Milo Goes to College lineup. That's my favorite uh, Descendants record. So I'm excited to uh, hear this. I, I think this will be, I think this will be a pretty good record. Um, that, that was, I think, one of the best eras of the band. I will say though the uh you know the the whole lineup now which is kind of I feel like the classic lineup because it's been the same one for since I've been alive for I mean they've been they've been that lineup with uh Milo Stefan uh Bill and Carl for I mean I don't even know how long but yeah I mean this is good news I mean anytime uh, there's talk of new descendants I'm always down and I'm sure it won't be that long either until we get a new descendants record from uh, the current day Descendants lineup. I, I feel like that'll be in the mix. Um, they seem to be pretty active lately. Even like interview-wise, like I feel like I'm seeing Bill pop up, on, and Milo too, pop up more on uh, like radio shows and podcasts and stuff. So uh, a good sign that they're probably doing something sometime soon. They're one I'd love to see uh, live again. You know, I mean, they're, they're just always fun. You know, anytime I've seen them live, even though, I mean, like, and really like the set list, stay pretty similar or anything but it's like you're seeing the descendants you don't care like you want to hear all those songs like i don't give a fuck play play suburban home again i don't give a shit like i want to hear that like i want to hear silly girl you know it's like i want to hear all these songs so it's like i'm cool but uh yeah always a great great live band they're really like their live show is just so is so tight i mean they're just so amazing so i uh they're they're one that i'm looking forward to when uh whenever they tour again which i'm sure will happen again i'm I'm sure once uh shows start coming back more as they already have um it won't be that long before we see the descendants actually they're playing punk rock bowling what am i saying they're uh, playing punk rock bowling whenever that is i think coming up and uh yeah i'm sure they'll be playing more too like a full-fledged tour i'm sure i they might tour on this really i could see them uh 
touring on a ninth and walnut but yeah i'm excited to hear this so when that comes out i'm sure i'll play more on the uh, radio show you might even hear something off that on the july rundown so a little longer but uh, yeah, i'm excited for that but that is the music news and that is the uh, may rundown for the uh, podcast so that is it if you want to stay connected with the show, give us a follow at PowerCord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. I have uh, free PowerCord Hour stickers. You only got to send me a pack of Chesterfields for them. I'll just send you some. So uh, hit me up there. And, uh, oh, man, what else? Spotify playlist. Go check that out on Spotify. We put up the uh, playlist from the radio show every week. And I also put one up for the uh, Alkaline Trio episode if you've not seen it yet. Uh, I put up all 15 songs from our uh, top five lists. So all three of our uh, top five lists are up there in a nice mix for you to uh, go listen to. Very infirmary heavy, you will uh, notice, which, uh, yeah, there should be no guesses on on our uh, favorite Alkaline Trio record probably after that. But uh, go check that out. And the radio show every Friday night, 10 Eastern to midnight on 107.9 WRFA. Check it out at WRFALP.com. You can stream it there as well as the uh, WRFA iPhone app. And, uh, yeah, this week, uh, June 4th, I will be doing an all drive through records playlist on the radio show. So you're going to want to check that out. But, yeah, until next week for the Power Code Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.